Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara and I'm the CEO of Tag Americas. I believe that every company's biggest asset are its people. And I'm very fortunate to work at Tag where I think we have amazing people. So I decided to do a podcast to really understand what makes them tick and who are the people behind the curtain, so to speak. The podcast is produced by Kaylee Stansfield. Hi, Kaylee. How are you? I'm well, Ajit. How are you today on this hot, steamy New York summer day? Not, not too bad. I'm a little bit dry because it's been six weeks since my last podcast because you decided to disappear to Australia for a month? It was about three weeks. I actually thought you were going to say it's been six weeks since your last <laughs> glass of wine. But, and I was going to, I was going to dispute six, that. Six hours. Six hours since my last glass of wine. Today, I'm joined by Crystal Velasquez. She works as our senior account manager on a number of our key clients. And I'm delighted to have you join me today. Crystal, cheers. Cheers. Happy to be here. Happy to hear. And uh, you haven't had this wine for me before, have you? What do you think? I have not. It's very, very good. I'm going to take a picture of it before I get home. There you go. There you go. I always like the best wine. So thank you for coming through today. And first of all, Crystal, tell me a bit more about where's your name come from? So where, where are you actually from originally? So my mother was born in the Dominican Republic and my biological father is also Dominican. My mom actually chose my name from a soap opera. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was alive and well <laughs> in the in the 80s. And my middle name, which is Alejandra, is actually one of her best friend's names. And she passed that one on to me. Velasquez is my husband's last name. So your crystal was what um, yeah, series was TV series was it? Was it was it a US one or Dominica? It was a Hispanic one, yeah, definitely. It's definitely something my mom loved. I mean, to this day, she's obsessed with her soap opera. <laughs> they do define you bringing up because I was having this conversation that when I was growing up, I was in the UK, and despite that, Dallas was the biggest thing when I was growing up. And I, I remember, I think it shut down everything when Who Shot JR was that sort of you know, final episode. And so, you know, these kind of soap operas can define someone's growing up. Oh, for sure. They definitely define mine. I mean, there were some that, uh, there was one called, I guess maybe some of the Hispanic people at TAG might know the name of this one. It's, it was called Luz Clarita. And it was about a young girl. And I had, I mean, I had bed sheets, I had a purse, I had a t-shirt. The whole thing. I, the whole thing. It was, it was a huge, huge deal. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. I, I do that. And then so I, it, by the way, I've not been to the Dominican Republic. It's one of my places to go, and I appreciate it's been heavily by lots of hurricanes, etc. But what's have you been back recently? What's it like there? So I, the very first time I went, I was nine months old, and I was there for about three months with my grandmother. I had not gone back at all until this past November. That was my very first time going as an adult, which, it, you know, it's kind of sad. I should definitely go, uh, let's say, back home <laughs> more often. Um, but being there this past November, I mean, just being around the people, the music, the food. I'm well, that's speaking to me. All the things I love in life. I'm <laughs> exactly, right? Just music and food. That brings me right in. And I really saw what I had been missing all of my life, you know? Um, so I'm definitely looking to go back, hopefully April of next year. I have some plans to go back with my mother, grandmother, and my daughter, you know, have well, a little girl's trip. But th- th- those things, yeah, interesting, those things live for you clearly, like, you know, music and food. You, oh, yeah. You, you love both, don't you? If you had to choose... Music or food? Oh my God, that's brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. 
I'll give up everything else except yeah, music and food. <laughs> take everything. Take everything now, else except that. You didn't. You haven't declared this, but your voice is so nice. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you someone that gets behind the mic at uh, karaoke? You've got a beautiful so, voice. I get behind the mic. I don't sound great in the shower. I like to think I sound like Mariah Carey. Hey, listen, in, the sh- in my shower, I sound like George Michael. My wife um, chooses not to come into the bathroom when I'm singing because she thinks it's like something's it's dreadful. Something's in pain. I'm sure that's what I actually sound like, but in my head, I sound wonderful. <laughs> but da- it, like dance is important to you as well, isn't it? Like, oh, huge! Dancing is has been a major, major part of my entire life. I mean, my parents—not my biological father, but my stepdad, who I refer to as my dad—he was with my mother since I was, I mean, less than a year old. So my mom and my dad dance a lot all the time. I mean, they're the center of the party when they get on the dance floor, and that definitely rubbed off on my brother and I. Both of us are huge into dancing. My brother more Hispanic music, like um, bachata, merengue, salsa. It's a beautiful thing if you can... I think I said on prior podcast that I have no musical talent or indeed... Um, I'll take you a couple moves. Well, I, I, <laughs> yes! You, you, you talked about your... You know, seeing your mother and father on the dance floor, my children are horrified if I'm on the dance floor. Oh, that's No, horrified. I, and my wife teases me that I have literally no rhythm whatsoever. <laughs> oh, I love it. I get I get all around them recording them. Like, yeah, mom. <laughs> I'm like, no, get off, get off. <laughs> so you you have like your your mother and father in New Jersey, are they New Jersey? Yeah, they are. Uh, we my mom kind of settled in Brooklyn when she first came over from DR, um, and we lived there until I was about four, Brooklyn, New York, and then we moved to Northern New Jersey when I was right around kindergarten age, and they've been there ever since. So I also have never left. I'm still in Northern New well, Jersey. You've got a wonderful husband, and you've got a beautiful young daughter. I understand. Yeah. And so yeah, that's important to you in terms of where you bring them up. Oh, huge! I mean, my husband's family is also in Northern New Jersey. It's right. really, really important to us. To to stay close to them and be able to see them really often. My mother's also the one who watches my daughter while I work. So we have to stay close, right, for that reason. But I also like being close. I like spending time with my parents. I, You know, like I said, food and music is huge to us. So there's weekly dinners with the whole family. I mean, staying close is really that's, important to me. That's really important. And, you know, again, back to your sort of personality, you have so much energy. <laughs> Um, has that always been the case? Like, were you a very, were you a very energetic child? Or does a lot of no? I think my mother would say that my brother was more of the hyper energetic one, and I was more of a, like a lump on a log. She says it all the time that she would just. I, she says it all the time. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I would just sit, not move, read my books, just very to myself. What um, happened to that child? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I think it was? I think uh, you know you grow up and you start to become a bit more of yourself, and you feel more confident being yourself and the best version you can be is just be you authentically right and I I feel like as I got older I got better at doing that but what did you want to be when you were a kid like you know oh god so many things so many things I wanted to be a vet I wanted to be a pediatrician I wanted to be an astronaut I wanted to be an artist I mean so many so many things so you're going to go into space to look after the animals and draw some pictures (laughs) the animals in space I would be the veterinarian on our new civilization on Mars that would be me that would be a perfect job actually I'm sure there's a vacancy for it what challenges did you have when you were a child I mean a lot of what I run into as a kid was I guess it's the same as an adult my inability to shut up but it was I found out as an adult I was 
diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. It answered a lot of my behaviors as a kid of just not being able to stay quiet when it wasn't my turn to answer a question, fidgeting, hopping from one idea to another, just really hyper fixating on one thing and not being able to lose focus from that. And also working on five other things at the same time. It's hard to explain a lot. I'd like to explore that a bit more because it's interesting. And, and obviously we like to do our good things here for everyone listening to the podcast because I do feel that we didn't diagnose a lot of different ailments when kids are growing up. And I think we put them into lanes or we put them into they don't fit the norm, which is it's not the case. It's just oh, that absolutely. They, and if correctly diagnosed and correctly worked through, mm-hmm. it can change the trajectory of someone. So Yeah, you know, and it also it's also something that presents differently in girls versus boys. So, you know, boys you see the hyperactivity and immediately, you know, we go to that with girls. It can be things like that, like, you know, wanting to answer questions or fidgeting a bit. And it, it that's not where people's heads went in yeah. you know, when I was a kid in the 90s. It went nowhere. It's just, oh, she's very creative. She's very smart. Let's yeah. put her in some special classes. And how did you finally understand that, that you had that? And what did you do to just to recognize and embrace it? I think um, I'm, uh, this is going to sound weird, but I'll have to thank our time spent at home because of COVID that I... I wasn't around a lot of people, right? I was spending so much time with myself that I saw a lot of, I recognized a lot of behaviors a lot more and just reading about it. So self-diagnosed, really? At first, yeah. And just kind of thinking, you know, this this certainly answers a lot of questions. Let me just talk to the doctor about some things I'm feeling and some behaviors I've had my entire life. And and she was actually the one who who said to me, were you not diagnosed as a kid? And I said, nope. Yeah, that's, that's incredibly interesting because I think a lot of people sometimes feel that there's something wrong with themselves mm-hmm. and it takes time or some external therapy or help to make them realize there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with them. It's mm-hmm. just that, that they're actually completely normal. In fact, they're special in the right way. It's about being confident and being happy with yourself. And I think that's great that, you, you know, was there a sense of relief is the wrong word, but was there a sense of, oh, OK, that's that answers. I'm, I'm good now. Or, yeah, I actually think relief is a good word because it, it gave me an answer. Right. And it also I was reading a lot and it helped me answer a lot of questions about myself. But it also helps you because you have that answer. You can work on coping mechanisms and things to help you focus on the things you should be focusing on instead of learning how to knit for some random reason. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's much more widespread than folks think about it. It's, oh, not, sure. it's not bad, it's just people are different and mm-hmm. we should embrace that. Are you more ultra-sensitive then or focused on your three-year-old daughter to make sure that, you know, like I, I do feel that, you know, parents are amazing. I had amazing parents and still have one of them and she's amazing. But I'd like to think that each generation does a, just a, a tad better job than their prior folks just because of education and understanding and so how are you tackling your I like to feel that way too because you know our our parents only knew what they knew right and I feel like as generations go on we learn more and more there's a lot more research and education on different things so knowing that about myself I feel like I see a bit of it in my daughter it could also just be that she's three years old and crazy She's a toddler, so she's nuts. No idea where she got that from. But (laughs) um, there are some things that I see in her. You know, she'll zone out sometimes and just stare off into space. And, you know, we got to kind of, hey, hello. (laughs) 
are you there? Um, but you know, because I'm experiencing it myself, I feel like I have the upper hand in being able to help her manage. Not there's nothing wrong with her. She might need some coping mechanisms when as she gets older, you know. And I can help her because I'm dealing with it myself. And then during COVID, how else did you you know manage during COVID? Like you know, with the um, I know you're very keen with your young dog. You like pets? I do. I have a dog named Winston. He's nine. Um, he's also nuts. That's a trend in our home. But being, spending so much time at home was unfortunate for my husband because um, I saw a couple things around the house that I wanted to fix and <laughs> play around with. As soon as he sees me with the tape measure, he's like, ah, oh, uh, damn it. Yeah. It's, it's the hammer. If you're with a hammer, you've got to be more concerned about Did you Did you tackle some projects? I did a geometric mural in my daughter's oh my playroom. Wow. Um, and I refinished our bathroom. And, and just because I'm a complete idiot, <laughs> describe a geometrical mural. I, that, yeah, sure. So it's it's. I can show you a picture once we're all set here. <laughs> it's um basically just triangular shapes all over the wall. I'm in diff- painted in different colors. And in one of our bathrooms, I uh, refinished the tub. I did some new grout. I painted the vanity. Painted the walls. New fixtures. Um, and it, you know, it goes back to a little bit of that hyperfixation. I wanted to just paint, and then I was like, "No, I can do that too. No, I can do that too. No, I can do that too." My husband bought a new power washer, and I was like, "Oh my God, please <laughs> let me open it. <laughs> let me do it. Let me do it." I thought you do have to be bribed to to, to, to do any uh, uh, work around the house, which I entirely don't like to do. So, what's the craziest thing that you've done, Crystal? Oh, man, you know, I gotta say, this is gonna sound so cheesy, but it's truly becoming a mother. Because of the ADHD, which wasn't diagnosed at the time, um, and also some anxiety, I was worried about getting pregnant, going through that process, because it's life-changing. It is hard, right? And then it doesn't end once you give birth, right? There's also the risk of postpartum depression, and I knew that that was a very high possibility for me. Um, So I was scared. It was a very crazy time. Um, You know, we had just gotten married, just bought the house. It was just one thing happening after another. And it it was a very wild time in our life. And after coming back to work, I had just started in a new role here at TAG. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, and being three months postpartum. I mean, it was insane. Look, good on you for recognizing, because I think it's really good when you sort of at least think these things through and so that you're prepared for what's about to come but I assume that it's a gift that keeps on giving like oh my god I'm absolutely I mean who what parent wouldn't say this right but I'm obsessed with her I just I love everything she does I love teaching her new things I mean I'm not so crazy about some of the things she's learning you know what she said to me the other day she goes mommy daddy that's enough she's three I swear to god and I was like my husband and I just looked at each other like, like what? Just- what were you doing? We, we told her she had to go put her pajamas on. We looked at each other and started laughing, right? Because what other reaction would you have to that? But I was like, Camp, please go put your pajamas on. You, I think I could become a billionaire if I could do one thing, which is somehow bottle that new baby smell you know my kids used to think i'm weird anyway but i used to like smell them like just smelling a, you know, oh, a young child it. is just astonishing it's, it's unbelievable and if it's i could like, bottle that it'll be like the next yes. uh, you know the next sauvage or, you know, <laughs> like, <yeah>. it's, <laughs> it's just an immediate mood corrector two of my friends just had babies in june actually and i keep telling them i cannot wait to just hold them and just oh that baby uh, just, just to be clear this is post the post the cleaning their their poo yeah. <laughs> Because it goes from one extreme to the other. Like the, it does. The, 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 the smell of that side is 
beyond anything imaginable. Oh, it's the most brutal thing on this earth. Uh, and then it goes from that to being something you want to bottle. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's There's just... moments where I'm just obsessed and others where my husband and I are like, not it, you do it. <laughs> I want no parts of it. As the only non-parent in this room, you are not selling it. <laughs> There's just the extremes. There are just the extremes. And tell me about your most favourite holiday, because, you know, I know that you do like to travel, but don't travel as much as you should do. So Yeah, yeah. I wish I could travel a lot more, but uh, I'm very big on just the last three months of the year, October, November, December. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas are such a high for me. I'm running on such a high those three months and then come crashing down in January. But I love dressing up in costumes. Obviously, now that I'm a parent, there's lots of themes. A lot of themed costumes. Last year we did Moana. By the way, I can imagine you being more excited about trick-or-treating than your daughter. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, she I could not care less. Meanwhile, I'm like, come on, let's go. Yeah, let's go I to this house. <laughs> I can see that. A hundred percent. We actually had our Christmas tree up from October this year. So did a Halloween tree. Wow. Then I changed it for Thanksgiving and changed it for Christmas. And I told you saying that you were dressed up as Lowell? Lo- we did Moana. Moana. So my daughter oh. was Moana and I oh, was Tefiti, the big yeah, green yeah. lady. Um, but I yeah, I... <laughs> I just, I love Halloween. This That last half of the year is awesome. I, I love, and this is an absolute, you know, please do pay me when you hear this podcast. I love Disney. I love, I love all of their films. Me too. I'm more obsessed about them than my children are, who are now 28 and 26. I, I literally would do anything to see the Disney films. I'm the same way. I think they're amazing. I think I misspoke on a prior podcast when someone surprised me, like, what is my favorite film? And I think I said The Godfather 1 and 2. But actually, if I'm honest, it's Frozen, The Incredibles. <laughs> Frozen 1 and 2 and the, and the making of Olev. I've been caught watching them on my own. Oh, I'm the same way. Are you kidding? I've definitely watched Moana more times than it's my brilliant. daughter. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's a brilliant movie. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, and they're so meaningful as well. And they just Yeah, the message is, especially now with these newer movies they're doing where they're incorporating different cultures and having yeah, more absolutely. powerful... Uh, that was one of the reasons I actually liked Moana so much was because there wasn't a prince to come save her, right? She was the savior of everyone. And same, same I love that message. Same with why Frozen is my favorite films because I've got two girls and to see the love of two sisters and there was a man that comes and save them it was the love of the two sisters it was just it was ahead of its time in my view and exactly as it should be Fantastic. agreed agreed yeah well you're looking to enjoy it. and then where did you travel to when you went on your honeymoon because you went quite a few places oh you? yeah our honeymoon was awesome i mean we went to uh amsterdam brussels and iceland uh we went to amsterdam first and we did all all the things you would right we traveled the canals we had a bunch of food we went to their coffee shops i'll say that in quotes um that was a lot of fun i saw anne frank's house which was amazing i mean it's incredible i just the one of my favorite reasons to travel to other countries is because america is such a new country right all these other countries have such old architecture and it's so beautiful that was one of the reasons why we chose parts of europe as Part of our honeymoon, and then Brussels was just a one-day trip. Saw a few sites. Went There's nothing back to- in Brussels. <laughs> there was a lot of beer. That was fun. It's very expensive in Brussels. I found. There's chocolate in uh, Brussels. Uh, yes, oh, that's a good point made. Well, that's a good point. So made. we had a lot of food and a lot of beer. But then we went to we stopped in Iceland on our way back home for a couple of days, and that was the most incredible experience of my life. I mean, we got to walk through waterfalls. We held pieces of icebergs in our head, which I mean, it's ice. 
place, right? But it's thousands of years old. Yes, exactly. And that was incredible. We walked on the black sand beach, which was amazing. I wanted to take some home. My husband stopped me. No, never, <laughs> never been to us. I'd like to go actually. Um, but, it was incredible. I can't wait to go back again. But didn't you have the weirdest food experience in Iceland? Oh, which don't get me started. When I when I read this, I was like slightly. I had to read it twice. <laughs> I was slightly horrified and interested as why well, whether I would do it so yeah so when we got to Iceland and we you know put our bags away and we were like let's just hop around to some bars or something grab something to eat all of our excursions didn't start until the next day so the very first bar we stopped at the we were talking to the bartender about why we were there and he was like oh you, you can't leave Iceland without trying this so uh, I'm not one to say I'm like yeah sure whatever give me whatever you got and uh, it was a shot of something called Brennivin, a.k.a. Black Death. And I was like, count me in, I'm in. <laughs> and, uh, well, sort of appetizer to that was a piece of fermented shark. Oh, my God. Which um, the very first thing he said to me was, whatever you do, don't spit it out. And I, I would never do that, right? That's just inappropriate. But I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm, I'm down to try anything. I take the bite of it and... Immediately, I'm like, oh, I know why he said it. <laughs> Ooh, that was rough. Oh, my God. Um, but the Black Death shot that followed was so worth it. Because that was not great either. But it completely killed the taste oh of the God. fermented shark, which was the most brutal thing I've ever tasted. So I've got to ask the question is, that, did this barman like you or not like you? <laughs> what, you know, like It didn't sound like a good deal for you guys. <laughs> not a good deal it's definitely an experience um and any anyone that we've ever talked to about the honeymoon or iceland in general we've always told them you you have to try it you can't leave iceland without doing it, it. it. it's memories and i also believe I, I tend to do that when i tra i travel a lot and when i travel to even in america the you know the first of 50 states which i'm going to come on to the, there's always something special in each state there's always something that the folks are very proud of you know that's different from every other state and yeah. i always try it like whatever it is you know yeah i'm and, the same and, way you know, the local craft but, you know, beer or whatever it might be, and, and or local food, as, as you know, so as long as it's not still walking on the plate, I'll try it, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, that's a hell of a thing. Speaking of which, isn't that your like you can name all 50 states in alphabetical order? Yeah, now we don't it's have a... time on this podcast to test that. Oh, yes, oh, we do. Be... Come on, okay, Quickly. ready, on. ready, okay. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming. Oh my God. <laughs> And just for the folks on the uh, who are listening to this, there's no piece of paper. No. I didn't tell you I was going to do that, did no, I? No, you did not. And I wasn't expecting to say that, but that's, that's, that's actually very impressive. You should be on Jeopardy. I should, right? And hope I, for that question. I love watching. Tell me, who have you met that is famous? Because oh. I think I know the answer to something. He's a bit of a hero to me. Yes. So <laughs> I was uh, middle school age. I can't remember exactly. 11, 12, 13. Who knows? Um, but definitely middle school age. My parents took us to the, the local Boys and Girls Club. That was our after school program. And uh, we were down the street from a dentist who, you know, had some connections in high places. And one day, someone ran into the Boys and Girls Club and said, oh, my God, guys, Joe Pesci is at the dentist right now. Now, don't ask me why at 12 years old I knew who Joe Pesci was. Obviously, my parents let me watch some movies I shouldn't have been watching. We'll talk about that another day. 
But a couple of us freaked out, ran to the dentist. Why we left our after-school program and no one stopped us. That's a, we can talk about that another day too. But we left, ran to the dentist, and he was walking out the back door and he saw, what, like 10, 12-year-old kids asking for his autograph. Um, I had a little post-it with me. He signed it. My mom has it to this day. Wow. I'm going to steal that from your mother because I... <laughs> I just think he's one of those really, really, really cool actors. Was he, was he nice him. in the flesh? He was. He was really nice, actually. Yeah, because um, he always he, plays tough characters, doesn't oh, he? Oh, super yeah. tough character. And, 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 and arguably horrible people he yeah. plays. <laughs> yeah. I he mean, plays it so well. He does. He, play, he plays it excellent. He was super, super nice. He signed for every single kid, didn't complain oh, at all. I mean, it was really, really cool. What is the best bit of advice that you've been given? I don't remember where I heard this. I don't remember who told me, but it was basically, you're going to have some rubber balls in the air and some glass balls in the air. Every once in a while, you're going to have to let those rubber balls drop because they'll bounce up. It's okay. The glass ones will shatter. So you need to just look at your life as some things are glass balls and some things are rubber balls. And that's something that I think about all the time in every aspect of my life as a mother, as a friend, as an employee, as a sister, as a daughter, all these different roles that I play that anyone plays. And just really looking at things analytically sometimes and, and thinking we need to drop some things in order to take care of others that might seem more important to make sure that the things that shouldn't break don't right and just prioritize yourself appropriately i'll tell you what it's a wonderful wonderful analogy i love it actually i'm assuming that the glass ones in your world should be your husband your daughter uh, by far your parents mm-hmm. and tag yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and bye-bye not necessarily in that order been a wonderful conversation and, and you've, you've driven it really beautifully well and i come back to that but this is the segment where you get to ask me anything and i've no idea what you're going to ask so oh you don't no so well, um, please do ask me any question that you have so thank you for the wine introduction because i'm absolutely going to buy this and so i wanted to know you know, I know you mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts that your wife is an incredible cook. You love the wine, That's how she right? bribes me. <laughs> That's how she bribes you. So I wanted to know if you and your wife could have a dinner date with any couple, live or dead, any couple, who would you want to host for dinner? Oh, it's interesting. Does the couple need to be a couple? No. No, actually. Okay. Well, then I, I would love to host Conan O'Brien because I think he is one of the most funniest human beings on earth. <laughs> But also so grounded, so self-deprecating, you know, has my sense of humor, my sort of vibe. So if he's listening, Mr. Conan Bryan, you're (laughs) more than welcome to come for a curry because I just think he's just (laughs) off the scale. And rather selfishly, the second person will be an additional comedian, Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. I I think he will be also incredibly, you know, funny because I love his humor so much because... He is the king of observational humour. And I remember for one of my birthday treats, my daughters bought me tickets to go and see him in New York somewhere. And they'd never really heard of who he was and why I was fixated about him. And then when they saw him on stage, they became big fans because they realised he could make fun out of literally anything. anything. And what I like about it, it's typically good, clean fun that he doesn't need to cuss he doesn't need to go super red it's just it's just it's just funny just funny (laughs) 
So those two people will be, I'd love to have them for dinner. That'd be awesome. And my wife, just to plug it again, is an amazing cook. So if they want to <laughs> come for dinner, they're, Get some more, points. they're more than welcome to come. But that's, that's actually a fabulous question, Crystal. It really is. That's great. Um, now, Crystal, um, as we come to the uh, end of our time, I'd just like to say thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. You're an example in life around how, you know, you've self-analyzed your kind of position on ADH and, you know, the energy and, and t- channeled that into the right ways. It comes from work. You know, when I talk to your colleagues and talk to the customers that you work with, the level of energy, excitement, passion, no can do attitude, you light up the room. So uh, Eddie, th- you're th- going to make me cry. Th- thank you for being <laughs> a wonderful person for tag. And, thank uh, you for che- having che- me. Cheers again. Cheers. Join us soon for another episode of Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tag. Mm-hmm.